Good morning and welcome to the Preventing Grace podcast. We missed last week because it was a national holiday and we decided to take the day off. Was it? Was it a national holiday? Juneteenth. Oh, right. We thought right. we we thought we'd celebrate by working a lot and not podcasting. Yeah, I had to spread mulch. Too. Mm. Well, that was. I ordered like four yards of mulch, and I was really desperately worried I was going to get. It all spread by the time it leave because it kept raining. We had to cover it up. And yeah, it rains all the time now. Mm-hmm. It's just also the it's global warming up here, uh, apparently. Yeah, my dad was saying that, 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 that down in San Antonio, the there's it's hotter and drier than it ever was, and the here it's going to be hotter and wetter. And wetter. So is that going to extend our growing season? I don't, Hey, if it makes if it makes our growing season longer, I'm super happy with performing. Or whatever it is. I, mean, it's, I, I see. I just don't buy it because if, when winter comes along, everyone's gonna be talking about, oh, the Earth is getting cooler well, because, it, because it feels cold. I just kind of think that how people feel at the moment and we had a is always the effect of global warming or climate change or whatever. And it's just that a few years ago we had, you know, 42 inches of snow, and like the coldest winter ever. Yeah, but. Yeah, that was only like two I years do ago. think that the climate like years ago. changes. It's well, yes. not static. Of course it does, but it's a dynamic situation. Yes. I'm just not I'm just not persuaded that we're like having this massive shift in oh, we're gonna be like Tropicana up here and we're gonna have banana boats and Well <laughs> I'm, just, I'm persuaded. But <laughs> I think it's like I think it's uh, there's so much I mean I was I've been listening to people from since I was a kid telling us that Oh, we've got five years before. And uh, I think we are supposed to be dead now. Right. Oh, we're supposed to be dead many times over. Like well, dead, flooded. I do think burned that up, that's true. Not like, breathing very well. We are going to die soon. But <laughs> but, but we're going to die of natural causes. You it know, didn't I, happen in the five-year or window. Or someone will kill us, but we won't die of climate change. I, yeah, I fully expect to be sent to the gulag first yeah. <laughs> before the earth warms significantly more. Yeah. So... Yeah, we we're we're limping towards our vacation. We're, we're technically on vacation. This is our vacation time. Oh, yeah. no, I, I'm I am I'm not going to be on vacation until I've packed. Like, I'm not counting cleaning my house and packing as vacation. So I'm adding days mm-hmm. in August. Um, so but also. I don't know what that means for whether or not we're going to podcast. We probably will podcast, but maybe not the next two weeks unless we drag our microphone along with us, which we could do. Yeah. We should, we should drag the podcast. Okay. Drag the, drag the podcast. Drag the microphone. We'll drag, we'll drag the podcast along. But, um, or maybe not. We'll, if we'll we decide, decide. We don't know yet. So yeah. we're, we're thinking about it. But it is also still June. There's like a few more days of June, and so we we need to do a Pride Month wrap up. <laughs> yeah. And a Russian. We need to we need to say what we think is happening in Russia right now. I'm just kidding. Add our expert <laughs> foreign affairs analysis to the situation in Russia. Yeah. What are your What are your feelings? Well, I was just totally persuaded about that clip you just showed me with, from Braveheart, where like the two, there's a sec, there was a scene in Braveheart where um, King Edward was expecting 
to ship in some Irish mercenaries to fight for him against against William Wallace, but but William Wallace got a hold of them first and paid him more money. So or persuaded not to do it, who knows? So they, they they're rushing at each other in the battlefield and and then and then they met and shook hands and turned around and attacked King King Edward. So that's probably what's happening. So my guess is so based on that based on their <laughs> video. Oh, Braveheart. Yeah. So this thing was saying that the CIA, this video's meme was saying that the CIA was like King Edward paying Wagner to attack Russia, and then they decided at the last minute just to take the CIA's money. And they all and get join money. forces again. <laughs> I saw some tweets that said there's like 80% chance that, I can't say his name, is dead. Yeah. And there's like 60% chance Pergosian that, Pergosian, Pergosian, yeah. that Putin is dead. Um, Haven't they both been seen since then? I don't know. I'm not there, so I can't verify. I don't. I have no way of finding any. Of, I just don't believe anything anyone says anymore. I just. I mean, that, as far as like uh, our own government, the CIA, the FBI, they just. just I, I just have no trust in their credibility anymore after the revelations about. Didn't something come out about? We're again displaying our yeah, our, our deep ignorance <laughs> of our knowledge about current affairs. But didn't they? Didn't they, something like President Kennedy come out? They had a hand in the whole thing. President, oh, that was yes, that was like a while ago. That was several, yeah, yeah. So that's that was. I thought you were going to say something about the um, people knowing about the submarine having been. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, they okay. knew on Sunday. That it was already destroyed, but nobody said anything until Thursday. I thought that was kind of well. Okay, so the 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 the, the, the quote unquote conspiracy theory is that they knew it had blown up, but they didn't say anything because the Hunter Biden stuff was breaking out. They and um, the whistleblower IRS people were testifying. Congress and into the White House wanted to distract everyone with, oh, look, there's a submarine and people are trapped in it over, over and when they knew very well that White House knew very well that they died. I don't know that that's true because I was listening to another guy, a, a, a naval a naval person, talk about this. <laughs> so we don't even know the names of the people. A naval analyst. Saying that, and I do actually know something about this because I read lots of World War II books. Um, the the you can hear breaking up noises in a vicinity, but you don't it's, until you find debris. You can't say for sure that unless you're close enough. Like I guess if you have very sophisticated in our equipment, if you're close enough and you hear something, like if you if you fire a torpedo at a or a depth charge at a submarine, and you, you hear breaking up noises. You can pre you can be relatively assured. Okay, we get the submarine, but if you just hear breaking up noises somewhere in the sea, <laughs> somewhere in the sea, you don't know what that is for sure. So you've got to have eyes on to verify that that's actually happened. You don't want to say, "Oh, they blew up," and not not try and look for them because what if they didn't blow up? So or implode. Um, so I I thought that was a reasonable thing to say. So I, don't, I mean, maybe maybe the White House was using it politically, but I don't. The um. 
my favorite word is verify now i don't even think that that's like a possibility like everybody says we have to verify this but but they found debris. you know no i know i'm just saying because all the russian stuff they kept saying we haven't verified this oh. we've heard this but we haven't verified we're trying to verify this the yeah. word verify is pretty great it's <laughs> like um well it's the word of the moment and it's funny because it's impossible to do <laughs> nobody if everybody's lying but we listen to the trusted news source Twitter on, yeah, on the which was actually pretty good. They had this live stream Twitter with the, the guy who knew his stuff. But then I, some people were saying he's he's literally the devil. So gathering information. Well, it was interesting. It was, it was there. Yeah. He allowed people who thought he was the devil to comment, and yeah, it was a it was a kind of a live stream with one hundred thousand people listening to it. But he had people who were fighting with each other, experts. <laughs> On Russia and on Ukraine and on military situation and the political situation on both sides, both the people pro Russia against Russia, and the, but it was interesting. I mean, they did have news like yeah, news they, would break. They would tell you what's going yeah. on. Yeah, I I found that much more fascinating than listening to Fox News or CNN or. I mean, we don't even have those things. How do we uh, even? Yeah. Oh, I guess we could. Well, I was tempted. I was thinking it was when when I, when I when I realized oh something's happening. I was tempted to go and try to log, go online and watch Fox or something, <laughs> but I thought, yeah, it's just, I'm getting better, better getting better coverage, my more honest coverage here without, without commercials. So. Yeah. And they're all having to stay up all night. Who knows if they The guy, the guy who led the, who led the live stream stayed up 30 hours without sleep. Wow. Just doing, just covering live stream. Pretty amazing. That's awesome. And by awesome, I mean... That's very interesting. That. <laughs> yeah, that's a fascinating thing that you just said. So are we gonna? Are we, yeah. Are we, so we, we have, have any... a a listener question that uh, I meant to get to, but last week, but we didn't podcast because we um, failed to podcast. And so, shall I read the question? Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is we're doing this because it's almost the end of Pride Month, so we might as well have one last hurrah here. The question is. I've seen the argument that homosexuality wasn't addressed at all in the New Testament until the middle of the 1800s, when Bible translators decided to throw it out, to throw out some unrelated topic, prostitution maybe, and shoehorn in a prohibition on homosexuality hmm. in order to oppress gay people. That was, how, how can we oppress gay people? Yeah, that's, that's what they were thinking in the 1800s. Yeah. yeah. They wanted, they had like identity, they had an identity class that they wanted to suppress yeah. and oppress. And so they decided to retranslate the Bible and change something. So, and I just want to say, I feel like I'm disappointed that I haven't seen this take by Kevin M. Young, who is my favorite Twitter follower. He has the best. You're, you're, you can follow him. Does he follow you? Oh, no. Yeah, no, I mean, I follow him. He's my favorite. Twitter follow. Yeah. He's a follower. I, thought, I meant to say follow. Sorry. Sorry. So he's he, he's a terrible heretic. But he I know, he but he's so fun. But he hasn't brought this up. He hasn't brought this up. He brings up everything else. All the other bad arguments. He did, and he says everything with such sure confidence. It's marvelous. <laughs> I love that he puts doctor in front of his name when he's got a demon. Oh, is that what it is? It's a demon. <laughs> so anyway... So, um, mm. we should, I should get a D-man so I can just... 
Yeah. Dr. Dr. Matthew Kennedy. I think you should just put doctor in front of your name, though. Yeah, don't put them in, because that would tell them why you're a doctor. But, you just um, put, like, doctor. Is there a doctor in our house? You'd be like, I'm a doctor. <laughs> I'm a demon. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll help you <laughs> die more quickly. I'll help you reorganize your polity in your church. <laughs> um. I, I really <laughs> wish we could do that. I, I wish we could do church nightmares. I wish that was. Yeah, if you have a demon, that's great. It's fine, but 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 a demon is fine. A fine. It's like a, it's like a. Um, if you don't know what a demon is, it's a de demon is like a. Um, it's a good degree to get if you're a, a leader of a church because. You, you, you do can, some kind of practical <laughs> research. Right. To on think through how stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's a great. It's fine degree, but it's it's. Well, any anyone who puts doctor in their Twitter profile. <laughs> Their Twitter, it's not right. the degree, it's right. putting it on your Twitter right. handle. Yeah. yeah. Doctor. Yeah. I, yeah. So, so, like, what was it? What was her name? Who used to. I have a master's in theology. What was her name? Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She used to cry because yeah. of John MacArthur. MTS. She's an MTA or Master's of Theological Studies. MTS. Um, um, and she was the one who years ago was like, My husband isn't the head of me. I'm the head of my husband. Like she said it out, right? We were thinking, man, I started a church, be, and then it didn't. It didn't yeah, last. What was her name? Because she wept all the time when people were mean to her. But I think she, she got off Twitter. She put all of her letters, right, right, like B A M T. And if you disagreed with her, like anything, she would. She was like, "I have a master's." Well, yeah, I have a master's in theology. What's your degree? What, what degree do you have? What credentials do you have? I'm like, I don't know. I'm a thinking person. <laughs> So, I like to think about. I mean, that's like peak. I don't know, peak Pharisee because that's it's like, that was one of the reasons the Pharisees were, you know, they literally asked him when he went into the into the temple and cleansed it. What what kind of authority do you have to do these things? Because Meaning, where he hasn't did been you trained. Go to school? Yeah, he hadn't been trained in the um, the art of in all clearing the things, out the temple. Right? So that argument you just mentioned, I've heard it. It's been it's one of the more popular ones right now that. There's, a, there's actually a, a documentary in support of it that came out on the progressive side about why, you know, there, there's some kind of conspiracy theory to change the Bible to hurt gay people, whereas before, English translations didn't use the word homosexual. They used, uh, didn't they use a much worse word, like, that we didn't want? And so they're, they're citing all these old Bibles. And, okay, so, for, so first of all, um, the Bible wasn't written in English, so so yeah, no, so it was, it was written in other languages. <laughs> it was in other languages. So the question isn't like what what the English translations or translators do. Maybe who knows why the English translation said what it said. <clears throat> but one good indicator that nobody thought that the Bible was silent about homosexuality until until I guess eighteen hundred or eighteen forty or whatever it was. Is that for two thousand years, homosexuality has been seen as sinful in the church because of what the scriptures say? Because of so, the Bible. Because of the Bible, because the New Testament and Old Testament. So, so just before, if you don't, you don't have to know the original languages to see. Oh, well, this is a uniform teaching of the church for two thousand years. It must be based on something. And and since the, and, and if you read people talking about how, if you read the fathers when they talk about this at all, it's usually grounded in. You know, Genesis 19 or um, uh, Romans 1 
um, uh, so the, the controversy centers I think, mainly around First Corinthians six nine, um, and the reason for that in the English in our English version, let me pull open an old Bible here, the old Bible here. Um, in English, it reads. I love that somebody just found your Bible in somebody else's apartment where it had been yeah. languishing for like I mean, 10 I'm, or 15 years. It's not my own Bible. I have other Bibles I use, but this is my, one of my favorite ones. It was taken from me. Somebody had it in there. Stole it. Did they steal it? No, or just, they, I, I think I probably lent it to them and they took it home and forgot to get it back, but it's okay. It's really odd. It's like one of the oddest things that's ever happened. It's a nice leather Bible. It's really, it's really good. So, First Corinthians. You don't know how to find your way around. I would die. I'm not be losing a. You're gonna lose the, the, sword drill. Yeah. I wonder what those are called now. They probably don't do them, but you probably can't, you can't say the word sword. sword oh, if you call it like a or a drill. <laughs> what would Kevin M. Young call it? A puppy drill. You can't have the word drill. That's too militaristic. No. Puppy practice. Okay, so. <laughs> so, First Corinthians 6 9 says, um, and it's, it should be a familiar passage for us. Um, Do you know that the unrighteous shall not enter the kingdom, inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither be sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, before we get to the present argument being, argument being made about that, it's about that phrase, men who practice homosexuality. Just let me pause and say that uh, Wes Hill got the name of his book from this text, Washed and Waiting. Oh, that's kind of a Creepy title, but, um, so the so the um, one of the first arguments you'll hear from people is, well, look, there's so many sins here. There's like there's there's sexual immorality, there's idolatry, there's uh, adultery, there's swindling, there's uh, there's greediness, there's drunker drunkenness. Why aren't you focusing on those? And 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 the answer that I hope is familiar to most people at this point is, well, because nobody in the church is. Is saying, hey, you know, if you want to swindle somebody, we're we, going to give you a prayer for that. We're yeah, going to, we have a special uh, right, a swindling prayer. prayer. <laughs> so we're going to bless your greed. <laughs> although I know the church has blessed greed at certain points, not explicitly. Though. Not explicitly. That's, 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 of course, I mean the church has blessed all kinds of things, or the church has sinned in many ways. Right? There's a difference between the church doing stupid things and and doing evil things, even, um, and. And, and then, then making right explicitly embracing and preaching evil like here's here's where um uh but here's where you can come and swindle people and be welcome because we're a church that doesn't discriminate right so you want to be our treasure you can swindle here because we, we elevate swindling people we, we, your voice is going to be centered we're centering we're centering your swindling voice um the churches don't. So the reason the reason homosexuality has been focused on is because it's being embraced as a good thing, um, rather than something that keeps you out of the kingdom of heaven. This passage is also why you why or one of the reasons one of the passages where you'd say, okay, well this this is also elevates 
sexuality to a um, to a not just a, a something we can disagree agree to disagree about this um, this passage says that those who are unrepentantly that means no sense that they're doing anything wrong no willingness to say hey I'm I'm so lost please help me uh, I'm so I've, so I've I've given myself over to this sin and I need to help getting out of it um, no no penitential attitude at all um, without that you're this passage will says you will keep you out of the kingdom of heaven. You will be damned because of that. So, when a church tells people that they don't need to repent for their homosexual behavior or any kind of any of these behaviors, the church is literally sending them to hell. So, and and that that's that's now that brings the church into millstone territory, where everyone who's teaching people that should have a millstone tied around the neck and thrown into a lake. Um, so okay, but the the argument is whether or not that phrase men who practice homosexuality is a good rendering is is, is how it should be i mean i haven't heard people saying in the greek that it can't be translated that that way i've heard people just saying well the english translations didn't use yeah that's um, the question like english that somehow somebody came along in english and added in this mean word because they wanted to oppress gay people and yeah. that that's not like that's the, that's what they're saying all right so, so the word here that's used, uh, there's two words actually, arsenokoites and, and malakoi. And uh, arsenokoites is, a lot of people think that it was a word coined by Paul himself. And it's made up of two words, um, arson and koites. And um, what's interesting about that is it's a compound. But if you go back and you read Leviticus 18.22, and that's where uh, we're told that or God says, a man shall not lie with another man as with a woman. So it's the prohibition of homosexual sex between two men. Well, the, word, the Greek word for male is arson, and the Greek word for intercourse is koites. So... Uh, so now in the Septuagint version, which is the most common Old Testament version used by the apostles and quoted in the New Testament, the, that's those two words, arson and coites, are prominent in that sentence. So most people think what happened is Paul um, coined that word arson and coites, which literally means man having intercourse with another man or man playing the male role in an intercourse intercourse with the sex with, a, with the other man he coined that to refer to Leviticus um, Leviticus yeah to, to allude back to Leviticus so everyone who knows Leviticus 1822 knows what he's talking would about would immediately get it yeah, like it's just exactly. a shorthand kind of exactly so if the English versions didn't translate it um, using modern terminology referring to homosexual relationships um, that's not because that's not because uh, they had a more accurate understanding of the Greek. Maybe they were just using different words for it. But um, that that's just I don't know why they did it. But the, the reality is the Greek is pretty clear. It's not pretty clear. It's 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 indisputably clear that what Paul is talking about, or, or, or a man engaging in homosexual 
relations with another man. That that brings in the, the second word I mentioned was malakoi, um, and it can be translated soft ones, effeminate ones, um, and the that's the word that lots of people say. Oh, well, that the malakoi were were male young male prostitutes, and no. There's another word for that, Canadians, I think I'm not pronouncing it right. Uh, there is a much more common word for that that you would use. If Paul was referring to them, he would use that word. Malakoi just means effeminate or soft or uh, uh, passive kind of person. So, uh, in fact, Jesus uses the word in when he talks about, when he's talking about John the Baptist and he says, what did you come out to see, a man dressed in fine, uh, soft clothing? No, those wear soft clothing are in um, king's palaces, and the Malakoi, he uses that word Malakoi to talk about men in soft. So he's being insulting. He, I, Does he Jesus might, being? He might be calling men effeminate in, 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 in that text. Um, so anyway, the um, the the use of that word effeminate or Malakoi, along with that word arsenicoites, uh, means most likely Paul is referring to both partners in a male homosexual bond that the, the both the passive person and the active person are unless they repent not able to enter the kingdom of heaven such were some of you he says but now you're now you're washed so the bible translators in the 1800s whatever words they chose uh weren't trying to oppress anyone they were trying to just translate the bible yes they were the, they I mean, were, I think they were trying to impress anybody. They were the, the, the I think that well, I don't, again, I don't know what the old English words used in this text were, uh, but I think what we have now is accurate. So I don't see the question is what it's the like, question is what the original is, language said. Yeah, right? this is like um, Beth Allison Barr saying that <laughs> the ESV decided to translate certain words or translate the new testament in such a way that women Misogyny. would definitely be you know excluded from our I common think life it was her argument like, on that. yeah i think like, she definitely said something like she that said if i'm remembering rightly she she she's talking about ephesians 5 and and she's pointing out that if, if maybe maybe this is not her but somebody else so if, if i'm if i'm misrepresenting her i don't mean to I, I think it's i know this argument has been made whether it's her or not but uh, you go to Ephesians 5 and you have in, in verse 21, um, uh, back up to verse 20, giving thanks, all, talk, he's talking here about the church, how the church should should um, um, uh, operate communally. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Um, and then in verse 22, it has that, uh, my life verse, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. <laughs> So, so for the husband is the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church his body and she points out or someone points out here well the word submit is, is taken from verse 21 the actual word that uh, the Greek word that um, the Greek word for submit is not in verse 22 wives submit to your own husbands so the English translators had to add that word into verse 21 it wasn't it wasn't there in reality, though, that's that's per, that's what you do in Greek. If you're if you're missing um, if you're missing the verb in verse twenty two, that means 
Paul it's is carrying it over yeah, to the... Yeah, he's just using it again. He yeah, just didn't bother yeah. to write it down the second time. But if there's any argument, I mean, just turn to Colossians chapter 3. Even, I mean, if, if you don't think that's what he's doing, um, just turn to Colossians 3. Where I know, that's the part that I always, like, no one ever mentions Col Colossians is worse. Yeah, well, I mean, he well, says... it's not worse, well, but it's pretty obvious what he means in Colossians. Yeah, <clears throat> the, in Colossians chapter 3, when he's talking about um, these things again, uh, he says, wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. And you'll notice the previous verse doesn't have anything about submitting. And, and if you go and look in the Greek, you'll see the word submit is right there in the verse itself, not taken from another verse. So clearly that, what Paul meant in Ephesians 5 is the same thing he meant in Colossians, in Colossians 3. So it's just a strange... It's actually a conspiracy. Yeah, yes. Like, Bible right. translators right. engage in conspiracies, right. which honestly I wouldn't put it past them because... Everybody is, everybody's bad. Right. So when people translate the Bible, they well, bring I all think, their badness with them. You have to have the Holy Spirit help. <laughs> I think we have to watch out because I think the, I think we should watch our English translations in the next 10, 10 years, and even look at the Greek lexicons because there are there are definitely scholars who want to change, change what scriptures actually say, and they're going to use translations AI. and language to do it. They're going to like. Bible software, you know, well, so you like, can just put it all online and then it's like really easy to well, manipulate. Well, well, uh, here's what's going to happen, um, I think. It's just like full, full on conspiracy. conspiracy. Yeah, so the the, the revisionist um, lexiconographers are going to take that word arsenicoites and say it means pederasty or something. And so you're going to have so in 10 years from now, Coming out of seminary, you just have like one year Greek, whatever. Oh, what what does this word mean here in First Corinthians six nine? You go and check out the lex lexicon, and you see pederasty. And your English and your English text says pederasty. So what that's going to do is you're going to have any access to if you don't know Greek well enough, you're not going to have any, or you don't know the you don't know the Greek version, you don't you haven't studied the Septuagint. <laughs> uh, you're not going to have any access to what Paul's really saying there because the lexic lexiconographers and the English translators are going to are going to cover it up. So that's my conspiracy theory. I would, I, I'd love to say that I, I don't believe you, but I totally believe you. <laughs> it's going to happen. If we live that long. Yeah, if we're not in the blood. If, if we haven't been to... I mean, this is why <laughs> I'm just going to full bore, but all the people who are like, own real books. Keep yeah, your no, books. Buy, yeah, get, if, you, if you have a, a hard copy version of the Bible, keep it. Keep it. Do not get rid of it. Um, if you have your, your, your Greek lexicons, do not turn them in. Don't sell them in a used bookstore. Keep them. So that you can know what they say. Right, <laughs> right, right. It's like Fahrenheit 451, isn't it? Where they had the people had to walk around memorizing whole books. I don't know. I didn't read that book. No. no. That was ironic. I didn't read so that you were book, like but... you would be assigned a book and you would memorize it and that way you'd, and you'd pass it on to someone else after you and so you just because books were illegal so you had to have walking books man that sounds like so yeah. much work yeah i think it's better just to be ignorant and part of the <laughs> part of the problem <laughs> um, i'll take a 95 page book and you can take withering heights or something oh my gosh no, i'm not gonna memorize <laughs> <but I'm> gonna... <laughs> i'll I have some short books here. I can memorize this passion, um, John, <laughs> eternal love. I saw that. I mean, there would be some books that would sadly not make the 
make the cut if we had to, everyone had to memorize a book to keep it going. Like, I think the, the passion version probably might be one of those. One of those, just like somebody doesn't bother to memorize it. Yeah. I find it really ironic that I have on my shelf together George McDonald, an anthology by C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. And on the cover, it says, We die daily, happy those who daily come to life as well. This is a wonderful little book I've had forever. And it's right next to my The Passion Translation, John, mm-hmm. Eternal Love. <laughs> so, you know, I'm pretty eclectic in my yeah. reading. But what I also like uh, is somebody said that the passion guy, didn't he say that, like, he was drawn up into heaven and given the... Yeah, God gave him... Gave him the, quote, translation. Yeah. I didn't... Yeah. Like, we, we, he, God told him we were written it. So... And then he came back down and wrote it yeah. out. That's pretty great. Which sounds a lot like, I mean, God apparently speaks like a 21st century charismatic creature, so says exactly the same terms of phrase like he's going to ignite things and unleash things and um so we knew set all the youth on fire yeah <laughs> like fire. why do we have to set them on fire we're referring why? to a sermon that we heard in uh, in africa where the person said we're gonna we have to, we we have have to set the to youth set on the fire <laughs> which i know what is intended by that but but also <laughs> it's alarming <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, look, I totally understand preaching and saying things, uh, getting your phrases wrong. By that time, I had to. It, it, a Christmas service. This is right back. No one at Good Shepherd probably remembers this because it was like almost yes, twenty years ago. Thousand years ago. Yeah, yeah. At a Christmas service, maybe, maybe my first Christmas service. I don't know. And instead of, I was going to say God was the creator of every organism, <laughs> and instead of organism, I said something that sounds like that, but exactly. means something very different. So. <laughs> And the congregation's eyes popped out. Yeah, nobody remembered anything I said. That's That's when you just say, Amen. (laughs) Let's continue on page. Right. Yeah, it was horrible. So, so, a sympathy for the preacher who wants to set the youth on fire. I Um, think we should set them on fire. (laughs) I think that's like the obvious thing to do. In fact, let's just set everything on fire. We should talk about that one, just, just to segue out of the pride week. Just briefly, before we go, here, yeah, pride here. Um, the, that, that clip of those, this is how fast, and so like 10 years ago, the thing was, oh, please just let us do what we want to do in our the privacy in our homes. How is what we're doing hurting you? Okay. Yeah. How is our gay Libertarian. In, our, in our bedrooms hurting you? Um, and then... I wake up Saturday morning, I guess it was, to this clip of like a, a march in a Pride Day march in New York City with, with, and the chant was, "We're coming for your children." We're here. We're queer, and we're coming for your children. I mean, yeah, and that's not a isolated event. I mean, there, there was a video that came out two years ago, three years ago, with all the gay men singing about how they're going to come yeah. for your children. Yeah. Um. Oh, this is yeah. This is not a privacy of our own bedroom thing this is your this is a corrupting of children and destroying of culture thing i think that the one i in all of the repenting that i have to do uh i i really did i did really have libertarian sort of classical liberal leanings i really did believe in live and let live Mm. tolerance western civilization is built on everybody just deciding to get along and the last five years have absolutely debunked that yeah, for me. Yeah. I don't. I think that libertarianism, both theological, to one degree or another. I mean, I'm Anglican, so I'm 
I'm a libertarian. Right. I don't want to talk about what happens in the Eucharist. I don't want to talk about the Trinity. I want everybody just to come to church, use their prayer book, drink their sherry, and then go home. And like, or that let's someone talk. Just saying, welcome to the Anthony Church. We should give them a sherry glass with a good yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> engraved. Here's your sherry glass. Please don't speak about these matters. We don't want. That's I. I know nobody can tell from the last twenty years of blogging, but that's actually my my inclination. It's just that. So here's the thing: conservative people who are who have libertarian leanings are not the ones fighting the culture war. They're not the ones insti instigating the culture war. I think evangelical conservative Christians have always been reacting to this unrelenting push, yeah. push, push down the pike. Right. So now, yeah, because like, this is how it's going to be framed. We're coming for your children. We're going to turn them all trans. And then someone says, some mom says, oh, no, don't do that. And then the left, the Christian left, comes at her. You're stopping a culture warrior. Yeah. <laughs> you know, culture you're a culture. Protecting our children. Yeah, like, I don't, yeah. I don't want you... You can't have my children. Yeah. It just saying you can't have my children is like a hateful thing to say. Well, so I repent. Um, I mean, this was true. It was conservative Episcopalians who didn't go to general convention, <clears throat> who didn't want to war. They didn't want to go to war. Right. They didn't want to be on the vestry. They wanted to pray for people. They actually did want to feed the poor, mm -hmm. care for the sick. They were like solid Christians who knew their Bibles, but they didn't want to go to war. They didn't think it was what their call was. And actually, I think we were all very, very wrong about that. Right. The call was to engage in the political process, go to councils, get on committees, speak up when somebody says, I don't think that, I think that homosexuality is a second order issue or... I think it's fine if we redo the prayer book and get rid of all of the male names for God. Like, yeah. let's just try it out. Okay. <laughs> right. I no, mean, I, I don't want to, like... Well, in part, it was, it was kind of a quietism that um, crept in. And, you know, I, okay, so as everyone who listens to me on this podcast knows, no, I'm not a charismatic charismatic person well I'm, i have a lot of charisma yeah you have an immense amount of charisma <laughs> but i'm not charismatic as far as the theology goes yeah yeah uh, just kidding, I, I have a lot of charisma but, um, but you got all you're all about the charism <laughs> but so i, I disagree i disagree with my charismatic brothers and sisters about certain aspects of the use of the gifts in church um that being said you know the the, the charismatic wing in the episcopal church largely did preserve conservatism and orthodoxy with regard to sexuality in the Episcopal mm -hmm. Church. And so when that, when the ACNA was formed, a good chunk of of, uh, of people from the charismaticism, charismatic wing came into the ACNA. I mean, a lot of people right. got saved. Right. I mean, they, uh, this is so funny, but a lot of Episcopalian clergy were not even saved. Right. And many of them came to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Through that movement. Through that yeah. movement. But there was all, but one of the negative side effects of it was not not all. I guess said a lot of them stood very strong and were very very um, very uh, uh, outspoken. But there was a kind of a mystical aspect to this 
in certain corners where, hey, you know, we don't need to get involved with the politics. We just need to pray. We don't need, yeah. to, get in, we don't need to get in the into the fight. We just need to trust Jesus and trust, which trust the Spirit. Which again, those those that's a false dichotomy. I right. think that's the the thing that I finally seen, and I'm sorry, I should have. All of us should have seen it sooner. Is that there's a, trusting God and engaging the political process are no, not opposed. Right. Those are two things you do at the same time. Just right. like Jesus was both God and man. Right. And the Trinity, God is three in one. Politics and trusting in the Lord can both be held in tension. Yeah, one of our one of our parishioners was pointing this out like in, in morning prayer last week, I think, that uh, the Joshua God said, "I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to drive the. I'm going to drive the. I'm going to drive the other peoples out before you." But they still had to. They had to literally like get up war. in the morning to, and go to war. Yeah, I mean Jericho is the lone exception where they just marched around to <laughs> march around the walls seven times. But uh, the other times they actually had to get up and do the work, and and yeah, they that's had what to. We, they I mean, had we to all need to do the, do the work. work, right? <laughs> and the work, doing the work, in that sense, isn't opposed to um, isn't opposed to. Grace. I mean, I think right. that if you do the work without trusting God, then you're very wicked. Right. And you can see the effects of that. If you're doing the work without yes. without faith and trust in the, in the spirit, uh, eventually Satan comes yeah. to you and, and then you decide that it's good to trans the children. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. There, we can see the effects of that, but it, it Christians ought to... Uh, trust God for everything and get up and strap on their Sword. swords and bang their plowshares right. into. Right. So this is this kind of dovetails into. You know, and I, we, if you all, if you listen to us, you know, we also love Legatus. He's a great, great theologian and historian of the Reformation. Anything you listen to by him is going to be superb. He's been on us. He's been on our podcast before. Mm. But the, the, um, the church society published an article that he wrote. No, no, I'm sorry, it was not he his. Didn't he didn't write it. Was a, I forgot the name of it. Was a woman PhD who wrote it. Um, it was written back in 21, but it was just it was, I think it was republished, reposted on Twitter uh, about kind of this idea of uh, well, it was it was responding to, to a Ghanaian a Ghanaian law, Ghana. Uh, restricting homosexual behavior <laughs> saying oh you know we shouldn't christians should not try to have the private behavior of individuals curtailed by law you shouldn't in the title of the articles we shouldn't criminalize or don't criminalize uh homosexual people um now i don't know the ins and outs of the Ghana ghanaian law but um i know the most recent ugandan law wasn't criminalizing homosexual people it was criminalizing homosexual behavior and um my i was kind of kind of a jaw jaw dropping argument i thought in light of what's happened in the west for the last 10 years like like we said just you start starts off with hey we're two people in our own private room doing nothing and hey why are you why are you why are you worried about what we're doing in our in our privacy and and then 10 years down the line you have hey we're here we're queer we're coming for your children so if, if you're in a, if you if you live in Uganda or Ghana and your culture has not gone through that progression yet, right? You haven't had, you haven't had that. You haven't had the LGBTQ move, move, movement move in and corrupt your people yet. It makes perfect sense to want to to want 
pass laws to keep that from happening. Um, and not only does it make perfect sense, I mean, it's consistent with, with what is just and good as revealed in the scriptures. I mean, God, God actually gave Israel laws prohibiting that behavior and exacting penalty, penalty of death for it. Not just that, but adultery and other things too. Disobeying your parents. Disobeying your parents. And then that, that's so, it doesn't mean like a two-year-old or like a, like an adult son living in the, would, no child would make it out of infancy. Right, I mean, you'd have like <laughs> slaughter of the innocent, um, or slaughter of the guilty, I guess. The but, slaughter uh, of the, but, um, the disobedient. <laughs> but um, well, I. But so, so this whole, I mean, uh, so it makes sense that a, that a culture would want to protect itself, and I, I just, I, my question back to the church society author of that article was, is it? Was, was God's law unjust? I don't, I don't think that the present day nations are required to enact the laws that God gave to Israel, but they're good laws, right? So if they want to, and there's a need for it, which I think there is, um, that's that's not bad. Uh, it's, you might, it, it might just, I, I don't see the libertarian. It does, it does illuminate how deeply libertarian our inclinations are. Uh, mm -hmm. They're just that they are profoundly. It's our the baseline a political and theological assumption is libertarianism, and so and your private your private convictions right. need to stay private. Right, yours should you stay in the bedroom, yeah. and everybody else's can come out and march in the street. Exactly. But you better keep your private it's, convictions. It's, it's as if private. The assumption is that. But those pushing for, for woke, or what? I, I, I don't like that word because it doesn't cover everything. But those pushing for woke progressivism in the culture aren't aren't pushing their own religion, which they are. It's, it, it, it's for some reason Christians in the West get this idea that that's kind of a neutral political sphere kind of thing that the Christians should stay out of. No, it's not a neutral political. That's that, that's that's a religion being foisted on our children, on our on our culture, and our institutions. Um, and yeah, it's of course. If if you live in a society that hasn't had that happen to it yet, man, yeah, put put forward every single law you can to keep those this this movement out of your country, because um, it's going to destroy it. It's going to eat it up. I think the thing that sort of shocked me about that that particular because I run across it in other places. Well, I was, it was all over Twitter with the Ugandan thing. Mm -hmm. uh, you can't pray Psalm 19. You can't say the law of the Lord is perfect. It mm -hmm. revives the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure and delightful yeah. and clean and more to be desired are they than gold. Yeah. Yea, than much fine gold. You can't pray that prayer which you ought to pray yeah. and then say that any law that anyone passes or if something maybe that a church would put in would be unjust if it if it follow if it is in line with the law of God, which encompasses everything. Incidentally, right. the law of God touches every corner of human, not just behavior, but thoughts right. and inclinations of the heart. So, sure, you don't have to, but but if someone does, you that psalm right. should indicate to you that your 
wrong. We're talking here specifically about the civil law um, in the Old Testament. And the civil law, you can know you're reading a civil law when you read about the penalties associated with violating the moral law. So, uh, for example, um, in Leviticus 18, adultery is, is said, God says, don't commit adultery, don't sleep with your neighbor's wife. Um, but then in Leviticus 20, it says, and when you do, if you do, the, you get the death penalty. So, so the, you know you're reading a civil law when you read uh, what what the state or there's no state what the uh, what the judges should do when someone's found guilty of doing violating this um, this particular law. That's that tells you it's civil law. So, the big question is: Are the civil laws something that states should enact? And the today and since those were given specifically for Israel. There's no requirement that those particular laws be brought forward. Theonomists believe they should. I, I'm not a theonomist, but I don't see the argument for that. I, I don't. They, they can. They, they. They. There's not a requirement. Um, so, so the U.S. sodomy laws that they're still in the books. In they, some places. Yeah, in the, in the places if they're enforced, that's great. Um, I think there should be laws against adultery and. Uh, Laws against fornication. I think should be. I think should be laws against all kinds of things um, that were are pres are presently celebrated, um, but but we're not required to do it. Um, no, no, no. Say the states are required. I think every government is, is under God, and so is is required to somehow uh, enforce his moral law. Maybe not in a specific way that his civil laws said to do it for Israel, but we are, I think, required to enforce that moral law. That's where um, that's where Romans 13 comes in, because it, God says in the New Testament specifically that he gave governments the sword, or governors, rulers, the sword, with the power of life or death, to punish the evildoer and to reward the, those who do good. So, so that that definitely puts in the hands of the government the not just the right but the responsibility to uh, to uphold the moral order that God has revealed, and that's all good stuff. And so we would say, but even those laws that have been completely abrogated by uh, the civil law has been abrogated. The civil law has just been this is no longer in use because or required because it's for Israel. The ceremonial laws as pertaining to purity, uh, the temple, those, yeah. We, the New Testament is very clear. Okay, those have been fulfilled by Jesus, so we can't do them as if in the same way that you would have done under the old covenant. So, yeah, sure, if you want to keep kosher, keep kosher, but it's not. If you want to, it's not a law, right? It's, it's it's that's been fulfilled by by Christ, and you shouldn't. No one should be going around getting circumcised in order to be entering into the new covenant because that's an old covenant. Um, thing that's been abrogated. But but still those even the ceremonial laws in the old covenant were good laws. We have to say they were pure, gold, perfect for the time and and we would not And what they pointed to, like they didn't they were fulfilled. They yeah. weren't sort of God didn't say oh like, oh we we don't need that anymore. We actually we did that was we so do need it. It's just that we have <laughs> Jesus. So right. we received the same blessing. We get it through Christ, so we we have all of the things that the, the old covenant pointed yeah. to, 
for ceremonial stuff, we get that through Jesus. So right. it's not like we didn't, we don't need it anymore. Like we don't need to be cleansed from our sins. We don't need a sacrifice. We we have it. It's right. just like, yeah. Uh, uh, it it's it's good. And the thing is, this this cuts at the libertarianism. Like you people should meditate. People should med. If you're gonna memorize something, memorize Psalm one nineteen. Right. Like. The law, you're wicked and the law of the God is good. Right. And if you think that it's unjust, this is part that we should end this because it's really long. Yeah. Um, if you're going to get online and say that what God says is wicked, you might be Kevin M. Young. Like you might be the baddie. You're not, yeah. you're not on the side of Jesus. So don't, you're the bad guy. don't say that. Like, yeah. It, it, and it, it cuts against, it's, it's embarrassing, of course, it's a terrible thing to have to say, but you know what, it's better to say what God says than it's, what it the culture telling, is saying. The last thing it's telling is, uh, someone was saying on Twitter, <laughs> um, how evil and wicked those are who are, who are defending Uganda for putting, you, you want to kill all the gays. No, no, actually I think the law prevents, the law has a, has a um, deterrent factor to it. Um, so, but, but secondly, the question I put is, okay, is, this is a Christian, is Leviticus 2013 evil? Because that's, that's, there, there, that's the text where God says, if someone's caught in a homosexual relationship, um, that's, that's a death penalty. So is it, an, is that an evil thing? And if you, if you, if you say it's not, which every, I think every Christian is obligated to say, no, it's not evil. It's good. It's golden law. God has given us that law, or gave Israel that law. If it's not, then you can't then say a, a nation, a modern nation that goes ahead and enacts something similar to it is doing evil. You can say, you can make an argument that, hey, those, those laws aren't applicable. We shouldn't do it for this reason. You could find, but you can't say it's evil. And that's what the big, my, that's what my response was. was, was that's why I became involved because I felt like God's law was being implicated in evil in the course of trying to argue against this Ugandan thing. And again, if you were, if you oppose the Ugandan thing, fine, but, but don't do it on the grounds that do it on some other grounds, yeah, find something else. Yeah. It's like being against the death penalty, right? Be against the death penalty because it's disorganized or because you can't do it properly right. or because our government is so corrupt and, yeah. and every conspiracy is real and it doesn't, uphold anything but yeah. don't do it because you think that god does i mean it's it was one evil. of the, the first things that, not that god did was say when one person kills another person that person who killed them should be put to death yeah. because of my imago day <laughs> that's genesis 9 that's like so right it's out, quite right, ancient it's out, of, out of right out of the right out of the ark the first one of the first, first thing he said, said is i really i need you guys to, to enact the death penalty enact the death penalty <laughs> because my Imago Day is so precious that when someone attacks someone else and kills them, they're, they're, killing, they're, they're blaspheming me, me right. and I need that person to be put to death. And this is just my final parting shot. The other thing I'm really sad about now is that the Imago Day of of murderers and predators and child molesters is more precious than the Imago yeah. Day of children. Yeah, That's the thing yeah. that this Pride Month has shown us all is that the right. imago day of of grown people who sin against god is more precious right. than 
the Imago Day of children who have not yet had a chance to sin at that level. Right. And that is something surely we could all repent for. Yes. Thinking, um, okay, well, this has gone on a really long time. We're going to go over to you know, demotivations and talk about something else for a few minutes. But thank you so much for listening. And maybe we'll be back next week. Really not sure. Uh, we'll do our best, but we are not going to make any promises. We'll probably keep the, the motivations going on because that's yeah how we how we how we get rich. Yeah. Well, it's not rich. It's for yeah. No, it's for it's for shoes for the children. Right. That's right. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much for listening.